0: I'm Russ Boris, and this is A track Welcome to Season 2. We've got 10 new episodes lined up for you where you'll hear from me and, more importantly, 10 new guests who are ready to talk music. The eight songs they each pick lead the way in our conversations, and you get to listen in for the songs and the stories. So A track is more than a mixtape, but it's still made to share, so I hope you like what you hear. Our first guest DJ for Season 2 is Courtney Barnett. I caught up with the acclaimed songwriter in the fall of 2021, just before the release of her latest album, Things Take Time, Take Time. Happy to welcome Courtney Barnett to the show. Hello.
1: Hi. How are you, Courtney? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you for being here. Uh, Your theme is, uh, what's in my headphones right now? And it made me curious how you discover music. Is that um, from friends? Is that um, streaming services? You just, you know, the radio? How, how does it work?
1: Uh, good question. Probably a combination of everything. But I think a lot comes from friends. Like I normally trust uh, friends to kind of give me good uh, good musical advice.
0: Do you have the friend that gives you the not so good advice that you know not to listen to?
1: <laughs> um. No, nah, I mean, you know, I think everyone's got slightly different taste, but I think for the most part it's like it's a good look into people's uh like the psychology of I don't know, the personality kind of behind the behind the music.
0: I could see that. You could have somebody who might gravitate towards a certain style or something, you know, lyrically that's, you know, maybe they went through a certain experience and this this record appealed to them because it connected in some particular way.
1: Yeah, it always um I don't know that that kind of stuff always fascinates me like yeah the story behind the music and uh I think we carry like such kind of um interesting like nostalgic ties to music
0: You've got um you've got your first pick here that is an artist that's really kind of exploded over the last year um Arlo Parks um you want to tell me a little bit about how you came to find her music
1: Yeah I feel like Arlo Parks was an artist that was not via a friend, but just kind of a name that I kept seeing come up on the internet, and maybe I just was curious to check out the album based on like a few people kind of sharing sharing the new album. I was I spent a lot of time also listening to the um, the Floating Points album um, Promises, the the new one, and they were both nominated for the um, the Mercury, and I think that right. was maybe it was around that time when I kind of, maybe that's even how I kind of started listening to Alupah. I don't know, I don't remember. <laughs> and then the other week, I I did this thing in LA, and I and I got to see her perform like a stripped back um, set, just her and a guitar player, and um, yeah, it was just really incredible. So it kind of just added to my fandom.
0: There's something about an artist like that you see from the very first time and you see in its stripped down setting and think, oh, wow, they can pull this off. It doesn't even matter, you know, what this setup is. It doesn't matter what form. It's it's just the power of the artist. There's the talent that kind of shines through.
1: Yeah, definitely. And when you can hear a when you hear a song as well, like not just the performer, but when you can really hear like how a song is put together in such a strong way, then, it, yeah, it, it kind of. Has nothing to hide behind in those moments, I guess.
0: So why too good? This is the Arlo Park song you wanted to play.
1: I mean, I've been enjoying the album, but um this song just kind of stands out to me.
2: I bought you breakfast, then you started your rings, the air was fragrant and thick with our silence. I have a breakfast, something deep inside pinched. I touched the
1: bump on your wrist. A bit on repeat.
0: You know, in Arlo, I mean, the first time I heard her, I was like, oh, this feels like somebody who's going to be very special. And as it just, you know, you were saying like, you just kept seeing her name out there. You just kept seeing more about her. So you couldn't you couldn't avoid it almost. If you didn't know anything about her, you had to kind of seek it out because you had to see what the buzz was all about.
2: I think you know it.
0: I love how that's talking about, you know, too cool to show it. It just makes me think how, um, you know, when I was a kid, I think I might have been, or a teenager, I might have been more of that elitist person where I'd find somebody like Arlo, but I wouldn't tell anybody. And I would just You know, you wouldn't share that. You know what I mean? You have that sort of elitist attitude of like, oh, I found this person first and stuff. And I'm glad you kind of, for me, I grew out of that, but I don't know if you know people like that.
1: Yeah, there's something so beautiful about sharing music that you love like yeah I remember that that energy from school
2: <laughs> you quote on for a quick kiss, but still you just wanna
1: that you like me or when something becomes popular you're like oh yeah I do not I do not like that anymore oh yeah it's the worst It's the worst There's, I love um, I just love being able to share share that stuff with people and friends
2: you your eyes it hurts when you know it's over.
0: Are there other songs on that record, or is it too good, really, the one that kind of sticks with you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I normally listen to the whole album. Um, I'm normally better with like albums, not so much individual songs. I'll always forget until I'm like, I need to go through them one by one.
0: Was it always been albums for you, though, when you first started gravitating towards music? Did you go, you know, start to finish?
1: Um, I mean, my brother and I started off with, like, friends would make us mixtapes, but then we kind of got our first CD player and we'd listen to albums and we'd listen to them on repeat. And, like, I would study the liner notes and the lyrics and everything. Um, but even, you know, an album that I, would like in my childhood, listened to probably a hundred times, like, uh, never mind. I still like have trouble remembering what the songs are. I don't know. It sounds very silly as a songwriter. I would be like, it sounds silly, but I don't know. It's the way my brain works.
0: Well, it's a, it was a different time because you know I, I imagine when you got that it was probably on CD so yeah, you heard that differently because you're not flipping the album and even if it was on cassette you could at least flip a cassette or whatever so it wasn't like oh the first song on side two like you just you listen continuously through it so it is a bit of a different listening experience and you would you know kind of absorb it slightly differently.
1: Yeah for sure for sure but I do I do kind of I love I love listening to albums as a whole because I think it's I guess as someone who makes albums like i know that the way i create them they like it kind of tells a story or it documents this whole this period and like each song is kind of strengthened by the ones around it even if it's not like you know a narrative that needs to be listened to in a particular direction but it's like each song kind of fills in some of the the storyline you know or yeah just some of the kind of emotional storyline
0: do you find yourself kind of crafting things that way when you're writing your own records you know you want to have maybe not so much about the sequencing but just that there is some sort of flow you know from one to another
1: yeah it's like a difficult but a challenging kind of part of the process of um, of finding that kind of rhythm and that energy and the um, yeah it's such a A balancing act I think like Emotionally But also Sonically And you know Narrative wise And um And just like I don't know To find the The most kind of Enjoyable listening Experience
0: I'm curious about the um about the album cycles themselves so like when you're between albums do you have downtime do you you know are you able to kind of disconnect from the process like does does the pen go away you know does the songwriting go away and you're just like okay I'm not worried about that right now I'm just gonna do whatever it is you're gonna do whether it's just recreational stuff or just chill out or just you know vacation however you spend the time between album cycles
1: um yeah I mean it depends I guess I guess um we're all the masters of our destiny in some way um but but yeah i I mean traditionally i normally just kind of start working on the next project i mean i i guess i'm kind of curious to start the next thing or start kind of experimenting with the next the next idea or um and it kind of like is downtime but it's kind of Work time. I think some, like some of my friends, kind of like when I am not on tour, they say I am on holiday, but I am normally just working at home. <laughs> it's just a different, uh, a different setup.
0: Yeah, um, I'd imagine that it's a different type of job, and you know, you you approach it your way, and it's hard for somebody who doesn't, uh, you know, do a similar job to see how that works exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so, but yeah, I think I normally kind of start straight away on the next on the next thing. I think I, yeah, I don't like sitting still for too long. It's kind of, I'm just kind of curious to get started again.
0: Your next choice is by the LA musician uh, Duffy, who goes by Hand Habits and a really cool song called Clean Air. Whoa. talk a little bit about this one
1: Yeah um I've been a fan of Hand Habits for a little while um and loving the new album um Yeah I guess just the way Meg plays guitar and just puts songs together in I don't know an unexpected way first time I got a link to this album and it's always fun listening to an album for the very first time and like with kind of full focus and I mean normally it takes me a while like it takes a few listens to like really wrap my head around something but I don't know this album this album is great
0: all right, Courtney, you're going to confirm this for me. Was a line in there, I can no longer stare at the gates of your love? Is that the line?
1: That sounds like it could be right. Because that's
0: killer, if that's actually what I just heard.
1: Don't we get so.
0: In on any like specific lyric when you're listening to stuff, I do that for me, and I just like. Sometimes it's bad too, because sometimes I just go, "Oh, I hate that line," and then I just, you know, it kind of turns me against the song. But then things like this, where it stands out, and you know, it's like a killer lyric.
1: so special like when there's one line and you're just like that I understand that more than like how did this person verbalize this feeling that I have inside me that I have never been able to to verbalize that's a pretty that's an incredible feeling that when it happens it's like mind-blowing
2: I
0: well, it's like a person that you don't know, have never met, maybe could never meet, and yet somehow they see into you or something about you that you could completely identify with. It's, it's an unbelievable experience for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Do you have that for yourself in terms of when you're writing that there's, you'll go through the song and you'll feel like, all right, I think I have it just right. And then there's a line that's just not right uh, that you're either trying to perfect or, or redo.
1: Definitely, yeah. I and kind of like what I just said. Like, if it's if there's a line, and I'm not at all saying, saying that my songs are perfect, um, but I think like that feeling of um, like if there's something that I don't feel 100% in my lyrics, then it just it doesn't make it through the gate. Like it, even if the deadline is is tomorrow, it's like. I think it's so important to, like, get it exactly right or say exactly what you want to say and, like, you know, like, paying the song the kind of respect it deserves to, yeah, to just be the best it can be.
0: It seems like the kind of thing that's hard to, to really articulate. It's, it's like, in the way that an artist or, or painter might look at something and it's just... It's done when it's done. Like, there's just a, an innate feeling that you have as the artist where you know
1: yeah it's challenging um yeah it's the it's the question that continues to come up for me um just knowing when something is done and i mean maybe it's never completely done but it gets to like close to done and then you can record it and you can release it and i mean also you know there's no rules in this life that say that you can't change a song obviously um we just have documents of different versions of songs. Um, so it's like maybe a song changes and grows and evolves over time and that's also completely acceptable. But yeah, it's, it's probably just like a gut instinct thing of um, when you feel like at ease with something.
0: There's an interesting choice on this next one that wasn't even really terribly familiar with, and it's an artist named Arthur Russell, and That's Us, Wild Combination. Could you talk to me about his music?
1: Yeah, Arthur Russell is someone that I only discovered last year. Um, When I was writing this album, and Stella Mosgawer who who played on the album with me and who, who helped me produce it she sent me a bunch of Arthur Russell's music and I just was instantly I was obsessed I guess and I kind of dove into all the different albums that are available on compilations and just so much incredible material and um, so much of it is so different
2: I just want to be by you
1: I mean he played everything but he like I think his main instrument was cello but kinda like electric and kinda distorted and yeah a lot of drum machines and lots of effects and just I don't know it just really inspired me I think just the possibilities of sound and experimenting I think like just kinda keeping your heart open to trying different things.
0: Does an artist like that, you know, open you up to doing different things or to try different things? Do you think, all right, well, there doesn't have to be a set rule book for this. I could try this or I could do that or just be inspired by somebody else's maybe, you know, taking chances or fearlessness.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I think, you know, it's human nature to be fearful of failure, because it's like we're protecting ourselves. We're protecting ourselves from being embarrassed or ashamed or failing or whatever it is, whatever our, like, deep fears are. And it's just inspiring when you see someone like, I mean, it happens a lot, it's not just Arthur Russell, but it's like, when you find that person or that film or whatever it is that like inspires you in that way, I think it's so nice to like lean into it and take that inspiration and understand where that fearlessness comes from and you know it's like it comes back to this kind of curiosity of just wanting to explore those things, not because of the success that might come from them or the, like, opportunities or whatever it is, but just, like, being genuinely kind of curious at the outcome.
0: That's an artist that, you know, just as I listen to it, feels like did everything that was in his head and just tried to to craft it however he heard it in his mind and and didn't worry about anything else.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it feels kind of unfiltered and I think that a lot of it might be because a lot of it was kind of released after he passed away, but but yeah I just love just listening. I mean I probably listened to that song every day last year (laughs) um yeah he, and he made so many beautiful love songs like just so simple but so kind of tender I don't know so so much I find so much joy in um and just like eternal discovery you know when i listen to his music
0: that's one of the great things that it doesn't all have to be new to discover it. You know, there's something that you haven't come across for one reason or another, or however, you know, you get turned on to something, uh, you know, a song that's 40 years old can be a complete discovery for you.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Before we got there.
0: Kate though, is an artist that's been around uh, for a while and it's kind of bubbled under, I think, for some people, even though she's she's got a lot of you know critical acclaim. What is it about this particular song called Running Away that appeals to you?
1: Yeah, I've been a fan for a little while. And um, I remember my friend Dan Luscombe, who he's played on a couple of my records and produced some of my records and... I remember he sent me a uh, Kate LeBon album for my birthday years ago, like maybe Crab Day. So yeah, I've been a fan for a while and I was very excited when she was releasing new music.
2: Take your gloves off I'm not
1: of talking over the last year when we were both making albums and it's just i really like seeing the writing process of other songwriters and how everyone works differently but how we all kind of struggle with some of the same things and i don't know it's just a nice like conversation to be in
0: be uh, almost therapeutic in a way because you all do the same job but you don't do it the same way necessarily
1: yeah exactly and it's kind of like yeah you're just trading little moments or like kind of inspiring each other and egging each other on and which is yeah just so nice like that support um, and that kind of like this beautiful like community within music and within songwriting and I mean, I don't like when it's a kind of competitive thing. I, I just like it when we can kind of like learn from each other. I don't know, Kate's just one of those artists and songwriters that I feel like I can just learn so much from and be like constantly inspired by.
0: I'm always impressed with an artist that can kind of create some kind of a haunting vibe. if it doesn't have anything to do with lyrics in there and yet find a way to use a word like multi-directional in a song <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that I, I mean, I—I I know I mentioned sort of been like honing on lyrics but if you can just find a word that you don't normally use that's, that's pretty cool stuff for me
1: yeah there's something about Kate's lyrics which always like I think I'm really drawn to them because I don't fully understand them on first listen like I really sometimes have to dig into them yeah, there's something kind of extra interesting about that.
2: direction
0: any concerns like that for yourself or your own writing in terms of how it's received you know if you have a a fan or a critic or something hear something in the lyrics and they take it one way and it's the opposite of what was in your head um, do you worry about that kind of stuff
1: I think maybe I, I used to think about it a bit more and now I've just like come to discover that it's so out of anyone's hands you know like I could write the most obvious song about something and think that anybody would know exactly what it was about. But, like, a different person going through a certain experience, you know, with their whatever their kind of history is or whatever they're bringing to the song, like, people interpret stuff so differently, even if you think it's so obvious. So, it's like, I've just learned that there shouldn't be a worry in that. I mean sometimes there's a part of me that's like well I meant this but also there should be like this kind of fluidity that there's definitely no wrong answer you know I mean there might there might be a wrong answer but there's like for the most <laughs> part there's not a wrong answer <laughs>
0: You mentioned the the kind of support system, you know, in, in, in terms of having other songwriters to kind of, you know, talk about the way you go about things. Uh, but then there's also collaboration. You know, you had done the record with Kurt Vial a number of years ago, and not that long ago you did this really cool cover of uh, an old Tim Harden song with the artist Vagabond. Um, so how did you meet with her, and how did that collaboration come together?
1: Well, I feel like we met years ago. I, I did a tour, and I took Vagabond on tour with me. Maybe it was my last album. Um the Tell Me How You Really Feel album. Um we did some shows around America and then we did this classic thing that people musicians do on tour where the last night we hung out a lot and we had heaps of fun and we realized that we were friends and we were like why didn't we do this the whole time? <laughs> and um we both were like oh we would, you know, we were both nervous of each other and didn't want to um be like the annoying person on tour so we then we realized that we were friends so then since then we've just um yeah done a few collaborations now that one and oh I did a Sharon Van Etten cover got Vagabond to sing with me and she did some vocals on one of the tracks on my new album as well and yeah just again like a friend to um we call each other up and talk about songwriting, talk about music and it's nice to have a, um, yeah, just to like bounce kind of ideas and fears of friends, friends that are songwriters and, you know, whose songs and music that I really respect and love.
0: What are the fears? I, I can understand what the ideas would be. What kind of fears come up in those conversations?
1: Oh, I think so. Like, I, I think I've gotten better at it but I think um, I think just like fear of you know not being good or writing a bad song or like imposter syndrome and all those things that come up in kind of creative well like maybe just in life in general like I think I have spent a lot of time like doubting myself creatively and it's just like a lot of energy that kind of goes nowhere maybe it's part of the process sometimes but yeah I think sometimes it's just nice to talk about it so that You know, when you talk about it with friends and then you realize that you're not the only one thinking it and when you really respect someone else's songwriting and they tell you that they're struggling with songwriting, then you kind of, you know, they become human and the whole process becomes human again and it's not like this. Well, it is kind of strangely magical, but I don't know. It just helps somehow. (laughs)
0: Now, in terms of this particular song for Vagabond, Water Me Down, I mean, she's a ridiculous talent, so I'm just curious why it's this one.
1: Oh, this song. I mean, yeah, you know, everything she makes is really incredible.
2: Never meant to be you, never meant to be me, never meant to be us. Never meant for all of
1: this, never meant for you to laugh, never meant for you to try. This song, I don't know some reason this song just just really gets me like the production is amazing and I remember like one day in lockdown last year in Melbourne I went for a big walk and I was listening to music and like big headphones and I put this song on and I hadn't listened to it for a while and I just was like this is just you know like just one of the greatest songs it's a really great song
2: (laughs) only with praise. So take all the words that you said when you brought it back from the ground. It really waters me down,
0: and I know that. You know, there's always interpretation for lyrics, but I I just love the idea of like being watered down as a human being. That just that's that's original. That's something kind of can't say I really heard that thought before. This is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I feel so lucky because sometimes like we send each other demos, and I sometimes I hear songs, you know, that are just like guitar or something, and it just blows my mind. But I don't know the production and all that, especially. But then just like yeah, I think The Vagabond writes incredible lyrics as well.
0: talking about uh, a number of different songwriters here and I wonder um, if it was about the craft of Bedouin or the kind of throwback feel of her music that, you know, has kind of a classic, you know, early 70s kind of songwriter vibe, or if it's just this particular song called It Wasn't Me. What is it about Bedouin for you?
1: I'm trying to think the first, I mean, I think I saw her a few years ago at Pickathon Festival and I just fell in love with the album, um, two albums ago and yeah i think it's just her craft and her songwriting style and her voice and her guitar playing like everything is so incredible and to be honest i have only i mean this song is so new i only have really just heard it but i just wanted to share it
2: and when i'm thrown off board he
1: What she does, I love the music she makes, and I think she's an incredible songwriter. There's something about
0: Bedouin for me that feels like the lyrics are, are this natural extension of of her as a person, and they just they just breathe in a way that it's like you hear her thinking. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's that's sort of how I hear it.
1: That's a really nice way to put it. Yeah, it does. It feels so effortless.
0: There's a breeziness to it without it being light in a way. I think it's, um, yeah, it just feels all very, very natural. Us, you know, that's the beauty of A Track. Uh, is Courtney Barnes our guest, and we're talking about a number of songs that are all in, uh, in your headphones right now. So, how do we go from this very breezy Bedouin song to Bjork?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I re listened to, po- I mean, not post, um, debut when I was making my album. I just remembered like how much I I love that album and I love this song and yeah. I mean, classic artist, can't go wrong.
0: Talking about fearlessness earlier, I mean, there's an artist that's just she's going to do whatever she's going to do. (laughs) It's hard to see how, you know, an A&R guy or a rep or a manager is going to direct her in a certain way. Like she's going to follow whatever makes sense.
1: so inspiring as an artist and, yeah, someone who takes risks and, like, experiments and, yeah, just there's this no one like her, like, I can't think of anyone. She's, like, completely her own artist and her own style and, you know, I'm a fan but I've hardly even, like, scratched the surface of the album, of the music that she's made. So it's been really fun just, like, taking the time and digging into stuff I haven't listened to yet.
0: Have you been able to do that, uh, you know, over the last, you know, 18 months or so, really kind of, you know, uh, catch up on things to some extent?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did, and, it's, and it was good. I don't know my future after this it was like giving yourself the the time to do that and to like really listen to music and enjoy
0: it. Is big time sensuality is that like a like a top five Bjork song for you?
1: Maybe. It's definitely up there. I you know I put it in the list just because I've been listening to it a lot, sometimes like kind of first thing in the morning. I don't know. She's got a good energy. It kind of puts me in a good mood. And
0: So some people might have yoga. You have Bjork. Yeah. In the morning. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's so different than a lot of Bjork stuff, which, you know, breathes differently and has kind of a spacey, uh, you know, ambient kind of feel. And that one is like not nah, dance floor. We're all, we're all out on that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love like a lot of her like later and more recent stuff, but I, I really, I got a real soft spot for that album.
0: Is that hard sometimes? You know, you're so heavily involved, you know, between the songwriting process and then being out on the road in, in normal time. Are you able to, to enjoy music aside from that? Because you're so immersed in it all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so much great music. And it's just like when you find music that you really love, it's not like a struggle to listen to it. But, yeah, sometimes I do find it hard. I mean, yeah, I'm... I'm always fascinated by people who like you know have read all these new books and listen to all these new albums and (laughs) watch like the new TV show and I I just don't like there's only so many hours in a day sometimes it's like hard to know how to do all the things you want to do.
0: There's always that one person I think that watches every (laughs) you know every TV show every like hip show or whatever like the hot show of the moment is and they watch every single one and they ask you and you're like I'm I don't have time. Like I, I'm I'm watching one show, and it's the only thing I have I can actually absorb. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, I look at uh, you know a number of artists on this list, and you see where you know the influence or 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 where you might have gone, you know, to have that particular choice. And I'm curious about the last pick you have on the list, in that it's Nina Simone there's an artist that clearly has had a degree of influence on so many songwriters and I think is seen as like this, you know, sort of beacon of like badassery, like just there's an attitude and and an Mm. an iconic status to there. So how much of an impact has has Nina had on you as an artist?
1: Yeah, I mean I think back to like when I first saw her name and that was on a a record in my parents' record collection they had a, a copy of Baltimore and then later in life, like, I don't, I don't know, I just rediscovered and started listening to her music. And especially in the last few years, like, kind of diving into other older records and, like, some of the light, like, black gold or... I don't know, just trying to, like, understand more about her as an artist and as a songwriter and just as a performer. But, yeah, I mean, huge inspiration and... Um, just huge respect, I think, for her as a as an artist. I sing just to know that I'm alive I play just to feel that I'll survive
2: And this death that's taking place Well holiness is just the case
1: I sing just to know that I'm alive
0: Why does I sing just to know that I'm alive, this particular song, appeal to you?
1: Well, this one, I hadn't heard this until recently. Um, I feel like... There's so many records and so many songs that I probably haven't even got through half of them. But this one I heard recently and um, yeah, I just, I loved it. Like I read something like it was, she performed it a lot later in her life and it just has like, it's like real joyousness. And there's like certain notes where her voice just like breaks. I love it so much the joy but then like you know that there's been such like pain and sorrow in other songs and other moments and it's just like I think it's an incredible song.
0: Some joy from Nina Simone here on 8-Track. And I sing just to know that I'm alive. Picked by Courtney Barnett. With big thanks to Courtney for the time and the music. Our next guest DJ will be Nabil Ayers. He's president of the record company Beggars Group US and has a really interesting new memoir to talk about too called My Life in the Sunshine. 8-Track is engineered by Jim O'Hara and produced by Sarah Wardrop with theme music by Caroline Rose. Subscribe, listen, and learn more at 8trackpod.com. I'm Rasporis for WFUV in New York.